It's nice to see you guys tonight. Welcome to Inside Out. I think I've met everybody in the room anyway, so glad you guys joined us for um, youth group tonight. So tonight, we're going to do week four. If you don't have a bulletin, you guys, please go over and grab a bulletin. They're kind of upside down tonight, but that's okay. They'll still work. So go grab a bulletin off the table if you don't have one. Um, that kind of got mixed up today a little bit. So we're going to do week four of Battle Ready, okay? Tonight's message is called The Escape Plan, okay? We're going to be looking at temptation tonight and what that is and how that looks in our lives and how we can combat the temptations of the world. But what we're going to do tonight is we look into the escape plan. I want to give you a little bit of context and then we're going to watch a video and then I'm going to get into the meat of the message, okay? A little bit of context is we're going to look in the book of 1 Corinthians tonight. And I always like to let you guys know kind of what the book is about, okay? The Apostle Paul wrote 1 Corinthians somewhere around 56 AD is what historians would say. He's on his third journey through Ephesus, so he writes the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 and 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians from Ephesus is actually where he was writing it from. Corinth is a commercial city, okay? But here's the deal with Corinth. Corinth is a mess. They got a lot going on. They're a very wealthy community, but they got a lot of idolatry, sexual immorality, and paganism in their community. And it's terrible how they're living. But Paul refers to them as saints because Paul started a church there on his third missionary journey like we talked about. So there is a church in Corinth, okay? But here's what's happening. They're running into a lot of situations because of idolatry, sexual immorality, and paganism. So Paul, what he does is he does something very spectacular here in my opinion. He goes back into the Old Testament to show them what's going to happen to them if they continue to live this way. You guys, one thing I want you to understand, I, you guys probably know this about me already, I love the Old Testament. The Old Testament, to me, when you bring the Old Testament to life, there's nothing better. It's such a great part of Scripture. I had a, pa or a professor when I went through seminary. His name was Bill Vermillion. And I'm not kidding you. It was like when he opened up the Old Testament, it was like a 3D pop-up. This guy could just bring the stories of the Old Testament to life like I've never seen before. So the Old Testament is beneficial. And Paul makes that very clear in this Scripture that he's going to be talking about tonight. Earlier in the chapter that we're going to be looking at, kind of in the middle of it, he gives several examples of the Israelites. God rescued them out of Egypt, took them into the wilderness, but here's what the Israelites were doing. They were following things. Their hearts were set on evil things. They turned idolatry, and they were committing sexual immorality. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 10 on your own earlier, or later on tonight, and you'll get the context of what he's kind of getting at there, okay? So Paul is using the Old Testament example of the Israelites to show the Corinthians, if you stay on this path, here's what's going to happen to you, but you don't have to stay on that path. When believers fall into and exercise lack of self-control, they will fall into sin. And I've talked to you guys about this before. I really believe one of, the, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, one of the fruits of the Spirit that people don't draw upon us enough, in my opinion, is self-control. We love love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. You think about, think about your life as a Christian. Are you, are you using the fruit of the Spirit that is self-control, because if you don't, we're going to talk a lot about that tonight, you're going to get yourself in trouble. So he pulls, he, pulls, he pulls from the Old Testament examples to show the Corinthians what we're going to be talking about tonight. So a couple things I would touch on real quick before we get started. You guys are already going to know this is, a, this is a duh moment. You ready? Who tempts us? The devil, right? Who allows us to be tempted? Who allows us to be tempted? Say it. God. The devil tempts me, but God allows me to go through temptation at the same time, okay? The devil has, the de here's the deal. The devil baits the hook, but our own evil desires 
cause us to respond, rise to the bait of temptation. So here's what James says it this way. From a fishing example, I love to fly fish, right? So when I see a, a little pool of water behind a rock, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna toss a bug out there on top of that water. What's that bug? It's false. And the fish doesn't know it's got a hook in it. And I'm trying to convince that fish to look up at that, look up at that bait and go, that looks real. So he's gonna wiggle out from behind the safe place in his rock. He's gonna come up and grab a hold of that bug that is fake and go back down and I've got him. That's what the devil does to us all the time. If you keep that analogy in your head, it will help you a lot as you go through this. Who allows us to be tempted? God. God tempts no one, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but he allows us, listen to this, he allows us to follow our own evil desires and take the bait. We don't have to take the bait, but he allows me to. The temptations come, and God allows me to take that bait. The secret, the secret of resisting temptation is to recognize the source of temptation, which is what? The devil. We know that, right? And then recognize the source of the strength in temptation. What's the source of our strength in temptation? Look at me. We're going to talk about this in a minute. It is not you. You are not the source of your strength when it comes to fighting off temptation. And if you're trying to in your own strength, guess what? I can tell you without ever finding out a thing about you, you're failing at it because you're trying to deal with it in your own strength. That's some of the things we're going to be talking about tonight. But what I want to do first, I'm going to book in this. Ladies, this one's for you to begin with. Fellas, yours is coming at the end of the night. I want to play a video. This video is about five minutes long. It's one of my favorite youth ministry videos of all time, okay? It's called Life House Everything Video. This is set at a youth conference, and some of you may have already seen this. If you have, play along, okay? But this video, is a, it's a skit of a young lady who you watch the video. She's got Jesus standing here, and all of a sudden, she watch, she gives her life to Christ in this video, and she comes from death to life. She's born again like we've been talking about tonight. God called her out of the grave. And then all of a sudden, you see this young lady walking well with Jesus, doing good with Jesus, but then all of a sudden, temptations come along. Watch the rhythm of the video. I'll come back up, and then we'll get into the meat of the message after you guys watch this. I wanted to play that video because I want you guys to realize temptations out there everywhere, and I know some of you in this room have probably fought with some of the same things that young lady did in that video. With relationships, when a boy comes along, ladies, and all of a sudden, he becomes your Lord and Savior, and he becomes everything to you. And then the money comes along because you guys start chasing jobs and start chasing money, and Jesus says you can't serve two masters. You can't serve manna and him at the same time. There's nothing wrong with money. I'd like you to all be hog nasty rich, but you can't do both. Where does your heart belong? And then all of a sudden, the partying comes in because she just wants to fit in. But you notice with that video, then the, the boy comes along, the money comes along, see the progression? Then all of a sudden, the partying comes along, and then all of a sudden, I got to look a certain way, ladies, right? I'm not worried about my inward beauty any longer like the scripture teaches you to be. Then all of a sudden, you're more focused on your outward appearance because you're never going to look the way all the airbrushed magazines look. So therefore, you start sticking your finger down your throat and you become bulimic and anorexic and all the different things that you're going to deal with over the years. Guys don't deal with that stuff that much. And then it comes in the devil right at the end. He's got you right where he wants you. And then all of a sudden, you start cutting and all of a sudden, that becomes your release. And the thing about cutting that I'll touch on tonight for just real quick and then I'll move on to the message because I don't have much time is do you realize when you cut, a lot of people tell me that it's the blood. When you see the cut, you, you cut yourself, it distracts you, and then you see the blood, and that's where you feel the relief. Do you realize the blood of Jesus is the only relief you're ever gonna get that's gonna last? 
The shed blood of Jesus Christ is what you're looking for, not your blood. Make sense? And then, and then the, the gun at the end with the suicide part of it. It is appointed on the man wants to die, and we do not get to make the appointment. I don't want you guys showing up in heaven and God going, what are you doing here? I didn't call you home. Because you didn't make, he, he'll let you know when it's time for you to come home. But when you watch that, you guys, you watch how close she was with the Lord, and then all of a sudden that progression starts, and all these things start to distract her. But did you see her heart turn, though? At the end of the video, when she repented, and I'll talk about that in a minute, she turned back and went back toward the Lord, and the Lord intervened at that point. God's gonna give you your way. He's a good father. You draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you, he says. So I wanted to play that video just to kind of set the stage for what I'm gonna talk about briefly, like in the next 10, 15 minutes, on what it is to fight temptation off. This idea of an escape plan. I wanna give you guys a plan tonight that you can hang on to what I believe for the rest of your life, this pattern will work if you gather this pattern because that's what this young lady is doing in this video when she came back. The very first thing, let's read the scripture. If you go over to your page, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 11 through 14, Paul says it this way to the Corinthian church. These things happened to them as an example for us. That's the Israelites that we talked about earlier. The idolatry, the sexual immorality, the paganism that they were doing. That example is for us. The definition of wisdom, everyone, is looking at the stupid things other people do and don't do them. We'll talk about that in a bit. It goes on to say they were written down to warn us to live, how to live at the end of the age. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptation in your life are no different from what others experience. And here's the best news, and God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can, beyond more than, tempted by more than what you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So, my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. That's what the Israelites were doing. So when you look at that, there's three things I wanna pull out tonight for you guys. This is the escape plan. This is what I want you to hang on to, that you can use this for the rest of your life, adults the same way, me the same way. This is how I live my life when it comes to temptation. You're gonna enter into my brain tonight and have my life and how I live, you understand? And the adults in this room are the same way, and some of you may be doing this as well. Number one, be alert. Verse 12 says you've gotta be alert. Never let your guard down. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Satan, the devil is a roaring lion looking around for someone to devour. Look at me. That someone, look at me, everybody. That someone is you. Do you realize that Satan is looking to devour you? He's trying to find your weak spot. He's not playing games. He's the one that tempts me. And if I'm not alert to the wiles of the devil and the way he works, I'm gonna fall into his trap. I don't want to be that animal on the outside of the pack like we've talked about in this room. No opportunity should be given to the tempter of the devil to gain a foothold in one's life. Think about this. If I let my guard down and I'm not alert, I'm giving the devil an opportunity to step into my life and trip me up. We have to be alert. We looked at this before, Ephesians 6, 12, like we've talked about. We do not fight against flesh and blood. We're fighting against the devil and his demons. That's what this battle that rages is all about. And that devil is going to do his dead level best to trip you up in temptation and get you to sin. There should not be a foothold in your life for the devil to get a hold of anywhere. Look at me, anywhere. I got an example for you. Ready? David and Bathsheba. Let's talk about them real quick. David and Bathsheba in, in uh, 2 Samuel, I think it's 2 Samuel chapter 11 verse 1. It says, when the kings went out to war, David stayed home. 
when the kings went out to war in the spring, King David stayed home. What David do? He couldn't sleep one night. Got a little bored. You guys know the story. Got up, sort of wandering around on the roof, taking it easy, and he went, oh, who's that? And he peers over the edge of the roof down onto another person's roof, and there's Bathsheba taking a bath. And David calls for her. You guys know the rest of the story. She comes, they end, up, they end up getting hooked up together, and he ends up murdering people, lying to God, cheating, having a kid. The kid dies. It's an absolute train wreck. But here's the deal. Gentlemen, look at me. Watch. Please get this. Everybody in this room hear this. When the kings went out to war, David stayed home. David was somewhere he wasn't supposed to be. David was supposed to be out at war with the king or with his, with his troops. Have you ever been somewhere you're not supposed to be in your life? Men, look at me, leaders. This ain't just for the students, everyone. David was in his mid-50s when this happened. When I first taught this story, and I can't get into it too much tonight, that frightened me because the first time I taught it, guess how old I was? I was in my mid-50s. We can never let our guard down. I don't care how young or old you are. We are in a fight, and you can't do that. David needed to run away from temptation. Remember David and Goliath? What did David do? He went out with, with a stone and a sling, and he, he slayed the giant, right? He ran toward the enemy at that point. At this point, David needed to run away rather than running toward temptation. If David would have been on the rooftop, looked over there and went, yeah, no, and left. How I do this, fellas, look at me. It's called glance and bounce. You ready? When you're walking the hallways, you're driving through town, doing whatever you do, look at me, guys. You glance and bounce. You look and you go, oh, and you turn away. You glance at the temptation and you bounce away. You don't stare and drool. You picking up what I'm laying down, fellas? We're visual. We do not stare and drool, we glance and bounce. You can't help it if you see something that's tempting, but you look and you turn away. And here's another one. You want a modern day? You want a 21st century? Don't point and click. Do not point and click. You get it? When you're on your phone, you're on your computer, when something pops up on there, I'm on Yahoo News, and all of a sudden I see this little article that says, oh, so-and-so was in a see-through dress at the Emmys or whatever. Should I click on that? No! I see, but I don't have to negotiate with that because I've made up my mind I'm not going to do it already. So we got to make sure and don't be like David and the story of him and Bathsheba. A Christian who thinks they have arrived and is able to kick back and let their guard down. Man, you know what? I've been doing pretty good. Yeah, been doing all right. Been staying away from temptation. Late night, can't sleep, up at the house. Get up and all of a sudden I'm watching television. All by myself, in the dark. Rachel's in the other room sound asleep. I think I'm gonna let my guard down. It's one, two o'clock in the morning because I don't sleep that much. It's one, two o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden something comes up on that television. You think I'm gonna let my guard down? You're wrong because I know I'm in a fight. Is it a choice I make? You better believe it is. I make the choice that I'm never gonna let my guard down. I remember one time my stepson asked me a long time ago, don't you ever take a break? And I went, no, what am I gonna take a break to? I don't want to take a break as a Christian. If I take a break as a Christian, I know the enemy's there to try to trip me up. Listen to me. The good news is you're a Christian. The bad news is you got an enemy. The really bad news is you can't take a break because if you do, you will get tripped up. He's a roaring lion looking around for someone to devour. And in that video, ladies, you'll get devoured. 
You give your heart to some boy and it doesn't, he doesn't belong to Jesus and you start losing the Lord, guess what's gonna happen to you? Exactly what happened to that girl and then that progression starts. The second thing is this, be assured. Be assured of this. Temptation is common to everyone, Paul says. So there's no temptation that's unique to any of you. If you're in this room and you've been tempted by the devil and you think, man, nobody ever goes through this besides me. Guess what? Paul says that's not true. The devil has done his work from the beginning of time. There's no temptation that is unique to you. Never. But here's the good news. Temptation is not a sin. Do you know that? To be tempted is not a sin. It's just not. To give in to the temptation and act upon it is a sin that will lead unto death. That's where, that's where we, we see the bait. We don't have to rise to it, but we do because of our evil desires. And once we take the hook, then the devil's got me and he drags me off. Go read James chapter one. I think it's like verses 13, 14, and 15. It'll scare you to death if you get that. Our evil desires, we give in to them, and all of a sudden the devil gets a hold of me and he drags me off. And that's what leads to death. And death is separation from God. But here's the good news is Paul says this. Remember what Paul told the believers. God is faithful, everyone. God is faithful. He's not the instigator of temptation. He will not tempt you to do evil. He will allow you to go through temptation, but it's actually to build your faith in a sense because he wants to show you that he's there for you, that you don't have to give in to the temptation. He will always show you an escape route out, but it's up to you to take it. Watch, I don't have a whole lot of time tonight, so I'm gonna share this thought with you, okay? I want you guys to do this for me. When you hear me say that God is faithful and he will show you a way out, stop looking for the way out. When you're being tempted and you're in the middle of something that's driving you crazy and you can't get away from it, I don't want you to look for the way out. You ready? I want you to look for the one who provides the way out. You guys listen to me, okay? Catch this, please. The Holy Spirit of God, which I'll talk about in a minute, dwells in your heart. And if you get the rhythm of this, God's the one who showed you the way out. Stop looking for the way out of a temptation and start looking for the one who provides the way out. Because if I'm in the middle of a temptation, watch. 1 Corinthians 10, what is it? 10, 5. Take every thought captive. You ready? Here's my life. You ready? Thoughts? We've been talking about this. Thoughts, Christ. Thoughts, Christ. Thoughts, Christ. I have a temptation right here before me. I'm gonna not try not to think about my temptation. I'm not gonna think about that. I am not gonna think about that temptation. I'm not gonna think about that temptation. Do you know I'm not thinking about that temptation? Do you know what I'm doing the whole time? Thinking about the temptation. And then I wonder why I give into it because all my attention is going to try and not to, try and not to, try and not to. Stop that. When something comes at you that is a temptation and it always starts in here, people, remember the devil has access to my mind. He does it my will, though. When that thought comes, I go like this. The thought comes, I take that thought captive and I make it obedient unto Christ. So in other words, when that thought comes to me, where's my heart turned? To the Lord. Then all of a sudden, where are my eyes at? They're focused on Jesus who shows me the way out of my temptation. Make sense? When a temptation comes, don't try to ignore it. Capture it, turn, and make it. I have a part to play in this. I make it obedient to Christ. In other words, I take it and I'm like, Jesus, I can't do this. I don't have the strength. Here I am again, staring right down the barrel of my temptation, gonna step right back into sin again, and I figured out that I can't take it. And if I don't get this, I get discouraged. 
And when I get discouraged, what do I do? Just give up. What's the use in even trying? I'm just gonna fail again, so I'm just gonna quit. And that's, mo- that's the way most Christians live their lives. They'll fall into sin, they'll ask God to forgive them, and then they'll try harder next time. Stop trying, you're not strong enough. You can't do this. You don't have the strength, you guys. Your desire will be given in because it's an evil desire that you'll, you'll rise to the bait every time. Temptation is certain. You're going to be tempted. One of my favorite things about getting to heaven is this. No more temptation. No more temptation in heaven. I will not be tempted any longer. In heaven, you want to let your guard down? When you hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, then you can take a deep breath. Till then, you're in a fight. Act like it. Temptation is certain, but sin's not. You hear me? You don't have to sin. Sin is selfish. Sin is choosing myself over my Savior. Sin is going, I want what I want, and I'm going to give in to it, and I can ask God to forgive me after I'm done again, whatever that temptation is, but you don't have to. Jesus Christ died on the cross. The Holy Spirit of God dwells in your heart. You don't have to sin. You're no longer a slave to it. You don't have to do this, you guys. You choose to because you're being selfish. I'm just going to be boned up honest with you. Sin is selfishness. Sin is saying, I want something worse than what God wants for me. That's all it is, you guys. The question is this. Will you choose the way out, the person, or will you choose sin? That's the choice each one of us get to make. Ladies, when you're gossiping or you're getting ready or you're worried about this, you're worried about that, fellas, whatever we're looking at because we're visual, whatever that sin is, could be drinking, could be drugs, could be money, could be status, all sorts of things we're tempted at. But we don't have to. We're gonna be tempted, yes. But we don't have to sin because God will always show us a way out. So will you choose the way out or will you choose sin? Depend on God's strength. The third thing is this. Be aggressive. Ooh, I love this part because I like to fight. Be aggressive. And this aggressive is different though. This aggressive is being like David should have been, not charging at the temptation, but fleeing from the temptation. You flee from it. But here's the deal. Don't just run from temptation. Run toward God. Watch. If I've got my temptation right here and I'm gonna run away from it, okay, and I just turn and go this way, what am I doing? I'm going off into nowhere land. But watch, if I, turn, if I do this, I got my temptation, I take the thought captive, I turn, and I make it obedient to Christ. Where am I going? I'm going to Jesus. I'm not running from my temptation, I'm running to God with my temptation. Why is that important? 2 Timothy 2.22, flee the evil desires of youth. Watch, and, and Paul says in what? Pursue righteousness. Flee and pursue righteousness, faith, and love, and peace along with all those who, are called on the, who have called on the Lord out of a pure heart. Watch. Joseph, I don't have a lot of time to get into this. Joseph and Potiphar. Go read, uh, I got it written down in your bulletins, I think, Genesis 39. Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife's got the hots for Joseph. Joseph is a slave to Potiphar, but po- Joseph says this. Potiphar's wife's trying to get Joseph to hop in the sack with him. Joseph's like, no, I can't do that because I would be sinning against God and against my master, so no. She ends up grabbing a hold of his robe one day in the house because he worked in the house. She grabbed the hold of his robe, and Joseph did this. He ran out of the house. And simply put, again, you guys read, your, read, read those stories We need to be like Joseph in regards to Potiphar's wife. You ready? Here's what he did. 
He recognized and he ran. He recognized that it would have been sin to do what he was going to do or if he would have done that with Potiphar's wife because it's outside of marriage and it's somebody else's wife. So he recognized, number one, he would have been sinning against God. And the second thing is this, he ran. He got out of there. How can I do this wicked thing and sin against God? And he, took, he left his cloak behind and he made a run for it. It didn't turn out good for him. I don't have time to talk about that. Here's the other thing I would tell you when it comes to being aggressive. Flee, run, run toward God, but also use your common sense. Look at me. Don't, you, don't let your, hat, your head just be a hat rack. Use your brain, okay? Just use your smarts. Think. Think to yourself, if I do this, I'm going to have that, and I don't want that. So therefore, use your common sense, you guys. Recognize people in situations that give you trouble and avoid them. Recognize people in situations that are going to give you trouble and avoid them. Use your head. Use your common sense. Use some wisdom. Here's, a, here's my way of putting it. Don't put yourself in a position to fail. Because if you put yourself in a position to fail, guess what you're going to do? Yeah, you're going to fail. Watch, I got another video for you to watch real quick, okay? And I'm running late, but bear with me because this is an important part of this. This movie is fireproof. This guy is a Christian who is hooked on pornography and he's fighting with pornography, but he's doing his best not to do it anymore. And he's got himself wound up at home all by himself on the computer. And this is not the first time this has happened, fellas. All by himself at home looking on the computer and all of a sudden pop, something pops up on the screen. Watch how he handles it. I like the rhythm of that video because that guy got radical about his sin. He was sick of it. You guys, until you get sick enough of your sin, you're going to keep doing it. When you get sick enough of your sin, then you'll start to make changes like this. And look at your neighbors are going to think you're weird. Your neighbor's going to ask you, why don't you have your phone? Because I don't watch my phone anymore because I can't stay away from doing stuff I shouldn't be doing on my phone. People are going to think you're strange, but I don't care. I love my Savior enough to stay away from my sin. Turn to your small groups, have some discussions, and we'll come up and close here in a few minutes. Okay, you guys, if I can have your attention back to the front of the room, you guys can continue to visit when I'm done yakking here for just a second, but I want to close this off. I want to tie this thing off a little bit. I'm going to give you two other ways to fight off temptation where you can be aggressive in what you're doing again. Okay, that third point. One way is um, your Christian friends. You guys depend on each other. You're there for one another. I depend, I can tell you there's men in this room that I depend on. If I'm struggling, I'm going to call. So depending on Christian brothers and sisters because they can pray for you, they can hold you accountable, and they can give you valuable insight into your life. So visiting with other brothers and sisters in Christ is a very big deal in my opinion. That's a great way to be aggressive and fight off temptation, but here's the deal. You've got to trust them enough to say something. And watch me. Everybody in the room who's in high school, in high school watch this. I'm glad you have peers that you can talk to. But bottom line is you need somebody a little bit older than you to help you through some of this stuff. That's why the leaders are in the room. Call somebody, and I promise you, if you've got any leader's number in this room, I'm gonna speak for the leaders, is that okay? I promise you, any of the leaders in this room, if you have their phone numbers and you're struggling at night with something, I don't care what time of the night it is, you text them or call them, because they're there for you. We're not just here for you on a Wednesday night, we're here for you all the time. And then the other part of that is, fight the way Jesus fought. Because we had this discussion at the table, if you ever feel guilty, because you're tempted, stop it. Don't feel guilty because you're tempted, please. 
being tempted does not bring guilt. When you fall into sin, then you can feel guilty. But because you're tempted, don't feel guilty. How do I know we shouldn't? Because Jesus didn't. Jesus was tempted in the garden or in the desert by Satan. He was tempted. And you never see Jesus going, oh, man, not again. I feel so bad. I can't believe this. No, he never did that. He kept his eyes fixed on God. You know how Jesus fought? With the sword of the Spirit. That's the armor of God. The only offensive weapon we have in the battle is the sword of the Spirit. And that's exactly what Jesus used in the, in the desert when he was being tempted by Satan. Be gone from me, Satan, for it is written. Memorize scripture, people. That's your sword. Because when you're in a fight, you're going to need to know scripture. Does that make sense to you guys? So use your friends, call on a friend, phone a friend, whatever you want to put it, and then fight the way Jesus fought. And we have the same weapon that he had in the desert when he was tempted. We have today and we have the Holy Spirit of God fighting on our side as well, giving me the power to resist temptation. I don't have to rise to the bait. I don't have to get drug off by Satan. I do not have to sin. Am I gonna be tempted? Yes, I am. Just like everybody else across the centuries and until Jesus returns or we're raptured, we're gonna be tempted. But here's the good news. God's faithful. God's faithful to show you where we are. We should walk out of this room with our hair on fire tonight to know that we can walk outside these doors and we can walk out there in that battle and go, no, I'm not doing that. That should fire you up. You understand, you've got everything you need to fight against the enemy. You don't have to give in. God is faithful to help you, and he will always show you a way out. That's amazing news. Holy Spirit of God dwelling in my heart. God's on my side. I don't have to sin. Yeah, I'm going to be tempted. Oh, well. Till I hear the words, well, good and faithful servant, I'm going to go through it, but I don't have to sin. That should make us want to charge hell with a water pistol. That's good news. And remember to fight with the sword of the Spirit. God's on your side. We're in a battle. We do not fight against flesh and blood. We're fighting against the devil and his demons. It's a spiritual battle, but we got the one who's already had victory over the devil on our side, and we don't have to give in. God's faithful. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you're good. Grateful, Lord, to know these things that Paul taught the Corinthian church so long ago that is so relevant for us today, Lord. Help us to remember these things. Help us to have uh, just confidence, Lord, to know that we're gonna be tempted, just like everybody else, Paul says. Nothing new under the sun. The devil's doing the same work the same way since the Garden of Eden. And here we are tonight, fighting off the enemy. Help us to not do it in our own strength, Lord. Help us to remember what Paul told the Corinthian church. God is faithful to show you a way out. May we be a group of people that keep our eyes fixed on the author and finisher of our faith, looking for him who provides the way out. We got victory over this, Lord. We don't have to sin. Help us to remember these things. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, the next time we're tempted, remind us of what we've learned tonight. And help us to keep our eyes fixed on you and all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys. You're dismissed. You can hang around, talk, whatever you need to do. We'll see you guys next week.